What is good, sports world? Welcome to the Family Feud Football Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist, sitting here, as always, with none other than my co-host and father, the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell, former Tampa Bay Bucks and NFL beat writer. Mr. Alan Dell, you got your wallet out. You got the big bucks flowing. You're going to be placing some wagers on this week. How excited are you for week four of the NFL season? Well, I'm excited every weekend, but... uh. I feel better when the winning numbers come in at the end of the day. So. Okay, so you, you feel better entering this season uh, in fantasy 1-2 and two instead of 0-3. Oh you, you knocked me to 0-3 oh this past weekend. Yeah, man. well, I, got, I had a bad first game. Uh, you know, Sammy Watkins went off. Uh, I, my team has given up uh, more points. Uh, the second most points in our league, uh, giving up is – put that one in quotes. Okay, well, but if, 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 if you want some tissues to wipe your tears, I can provide that for you here on the podcast too, so uh, just you, let me know, I, man. I don't like the way you whined last week about uh, no, losing no, no, that no, last no. game. Uh, you had the I game was one. predicting. I was predicting that you were going to win. But you had the game one, and let's say they took that touchdown away uh, from Nick Chubb. Odell Beckham Jr., either a false start or a holding on that call, I believe. I know it was OBJ's penalty – that took Nick Chubb out of the end zone, which is why I didn't beat you and lost yeah. by four instead of winning by two. So well, you were crying I digress. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. I, I got I got Patrick Mahomes. I got Nick Chubb. I got Darren Waller. I'm feeling good on my squad. I'm feeling good about my squad at 0-3 right now in, in this season. We're, we're going to pick it up here. We're going to pick it up. But this, is the, again, is the Family Feud football podcast. We come at you weekly with different episodes talking about the NFL and sooner – then later, we'll be talking about some college football also. Last year, we had three different episodes we brought every week for, during the football season. One was our NFL quick rants, talking about debating some of the hottest topics around the NFL. We've turned that into our buy or sell weekly NFL episode, which we br- bring to you early in the week. That's already out for looking ahead to week four this year, or this week, should I say. We also have what we used to call our NFL Quick Picks episode, breaking down each game of the slate, making our picks against the spread. That's going to be the same, which is what we're recording right now. We're also going to be talking about a little bit of fantasy football down the road and the, the deep sleepers and waiver wire pickups each week to make, and also Alan Dell's The Godfather's College Insider preview episode. So we're getting back into the swing of things here. Hope to have a couple different, couple different original episodes per week. We're going to focus here on making our best bets, our quick picks here on the Family Feud football podcast. We're going to save our best bets for last, talking about a few of the, the, the games and spreads that we're actually going to be making bets on online. So let's jump in to the fun here, talking about one game that we have in common. Actually, the two, two of us picked our games separately, and then we came to the table. And it looks like you're betting a completely different set of games than I'm betting, but the one game we do have in common is is the Dallas Cowboys going on the road to face the New Orleans Saints. Teddy Bridgewater and company got it done. They pretty much dismantled the the Seahawks on the road last week. Very impressive performance from Alvin Kamara. Uh, Cowboys, obviously, one of the darlings right now. Talking about hype in the NFL. I don't think many teams have more hype than what the Dallas Cowboys have this year. Straight rolling and steamrolling their opponents. So, Mr. Allen Dell, without further ado, what is your pick? Cowboys at Saints. Well, I, I got the Cowboys uh, minus the points, which I uh, believe is two and a half. Uh, I mean, I just like them. You, you look at their lineup. Uh, they run the ball better than any team in the league, and the Saints have been struggling against the run t- since the season started. So that's a bad omen right there. Okay, let me let me just say, but I, I should I should have let off with that before I asked you which which was your pick. Was that the line open? Dallas minus one and a half at New Orleans. Now the consensus line, which we're using off VegasInsider.com, is Dallas minus two and a half. So you might find different lines. You might see a minus two out there. You might see a minus three. But 
right now you're talking about making the pick at Dallas minus one and a half. I can go either way. Okay. okay. So what but, do you uh, so what do you got in that game then? Dallas minus what? I'll take two and a half. Okay, so you got, got Dallas it. minus those. So Dallas winning by a field goal or more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, as I said before, they're supposed to turn uh, Ezekiel Elliott loose this week. They already have the number one rushing attack in the NFL, even though they used Elliott somewhat sparingly. In the meanwhile, the Saints have the 28th ranked rush defense. Uh, the Cowboys' offensive line is healthy again. And and you gotta love the play calling by uh, Kellen Moore. I I used to oh yeah criticize him when he was a Boise State quarterback. I thought he was overrated, but uh, as a play caller, that that caller, uh, he may be the, a future NFL head coach. Uh, but I think Mike Leach should get it maybe for as him, soon as next year. Topic. Maybe Kellen Moore as soon as next year being a head coach if he keeps up this success here, huh? Yeah, I mean you could say that the Cowboys' schedule has been. Uh, Somewhat easy so far, but Elliott's not been overworked. Uh, they, they've, they've really worked him in nicely. And what about uh, the rookie, Tony Pollard? I mean, how about him last week? Uh, yeah, he gets uh, some garbage time yards against the Miami Dolphins, which I think a lot of backup running backs are going to do yeah. this year. But, okay, so, so you got you got the Cowboys well, me, covering on the road. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, let me say one other thing. Their defense has got a lot of speed. I think Alex Kamara is going to struggle. Alvin really, Kamara. Alvin, excuse me. No! Alvin Kamara is going to struggle. I mean, to go back to last year, week 13, uh, Dallas held Kamara to 36 yards rush, rushing, if you remember. And only 72 per, all-purpose yards. No, I remember that being a second. St- it's the second lowest output of the season. I, I, what I do remember about that game it was either a Sunday night or Monday night game, and some people were expecting a shootout. And I believe that was an extremely low-scoring game. I, I think both teams were in the single digits yeah, in the right. fourth quarter in that one. I can't remember the final score exactly, but I think that while I look at that game and say, okay, well, these two teams might struggle, but on the surface, you see that the two explosive offenses with Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, yeah, even with Drew Brees not there, they still have those those brand-name type of players on the offense side of the ball. I'm with you, though, on this one. I, I got Dallas. My, my bet earlier in the week is I bought it. I bought the half a point. I got Dallas minus one, so I'm basically picking Dallas to win the game, but I, I would take Dallas minus two, minus three. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take it past minus three because minus three being such a key number in the NFL for games to land on. But I'm ag- I'm in agreement with you here. Kellen Moore has completely opened up the playbook for Dallas. And look, Dallas is one of those teams we talked about in the buy or sell episode. Some of these undefeated teams haven't played anybody. Dallas hasn't really played many teams. Yeah, no, yet. Uh, Washington, yeah, the Giants, and the Dolphins. How about this? I mean, the Cowboys opponents are one and five, while the Saints opponents are six and zero. Oh, so you could say that's a huge. Edge for the Saints, but uh, you can't go by that's that's you know that's kind of a peripheral uh, statistic, so to speak. Well, I think Dallas's opponents are one and eight if you're talking about all three because they play the Dolphins. So they got the Redskins, the Giants, and the Dolphins. Those com- t- teams combined have won one game so far this year, yeah. and that's the Giants. So one and eight for them, and then the New Orleans Saints. Their their previous opponents obviously have been a little bit better. I mean, you know, obviously last week playing against the Seahawks, Seahawks sitting at two and one on the season. And, uh, you know, I, I think even at home, uh, I, I think that the defense is going to have time. The Cowboys defense is going to have a little bit time, a little bit of time to adjust to Teddy Bridgewater and what the Saints are doing on offense. I think they're going to load the box against Kamara, make Bridgewater beat you. I got Cowboys covering this game, winning by a field goal or more. Moving on to let's uh, the, the Godfather's picks on the NFL week four slate here. We got the Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens. And we talked about the Browns 
uh, buy or sell in our earlier episode this week, our NFL week four buy or sell episode on the Family Feud football podcast. I asked you, are the Cleveland Browns, should the Cleveland Browns be considered a playoff team? And you said no, which makes me think that you're going to pick the Ravens in this one. And in a division rivalry, AFC North rivalry game, the Baltimore Ravens here in, earlier in the week opened up as five-point favorites. Now they're seven, a full touchdown, seven-point favorites against the Cleveland Browns. Who you got in this game? Yeah, I, I definitely am going with Baltimore. I mean, you got to look at what last week. Take it whatever you want, but they lost to Kansas City, the best team in the NFL. Well, I, I want to I ease that. One, of the, One best, of the best, yeah, okay. Yeah, they yeah. lost 28-33. Okay, they, they were far behind, and maybe they came back when uh, there was a little bit of letdown on the Ravens' part. Uh so, but who knows what might have happened if Baltimore had been successful, you know, on those uh, failed fourth down. They, they failed two out of three fourth down conversions. The Ravens right now, and we still got to see what happens, are one of the best teams in the NFL. I, I, I think Lamar Jackson, he's in that. Is he overrated, underrated, just lucky so far area right now? We don't know what's going to happen. If you watch him throw the ball, he's not a good passer. He's just is. <laughs> Well, it's a, a, let's he say says that he doesn't, he doesn't like to run. Well, he's going to have to run. Well, the Baltimore Ravens, like I said, I mean, we've both said this throughout the past so far in these last couple of weeks that they don't have a signature win on their resume yet. I mean, look, they played who they played. They lost to the Chiefs. They beat the Dolphins. So you can talk about one of the best teams, one of the worst teams. Yeah, they beat the Cardinals at home, but they didn't really beat them by that much. They didn't have much margin in that game. If I remember correctly, it might have been almost a touchdown or less victory for Baltimore in week two. They beat the Cardinals 23-17 to at home, a six-point yeah. win. So I'm staying away from this game because, to me, a division rivalry game, I think the Browns are competent enough, competent enough to be competitive, which means seven points to me is way too much to lay. Just in terms of basic Vegas odds and spreads here that come up, that, that these you know, books come up with, yeah. minus seven, you're getting three points for being at home. So that means what the books are telling us now is that the Ravens are four points better than the Browns. I, 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 I'm not saying that that's wrong, but I'm not going to put my money on that either, especially with the increased intensity and motivation of this being a division rivalry game. Yeah, well, right, right now the Browns are, are, are like a bad marriage. I mean, they're dysfunctional. You could say they're a mess. Uh, they were the most hyped-up team during during the offseason. Now, now they're averaging 16.3. Baker Mayfield is going crazy. He's going taking on everybody. Besides the fact he has a 70.3 quarterback rating, completing 56.9% of his passes, but he's getting into arguments with everybody. Rex Ryan called, said he maybe was the over, most overrated uh, quarterback in the league right now, and, and Mayfield, who had been in this, this battle with Colin Coward, is now in a battle with Rex Ryan. He, he tried to degrade him. I mean, he could have brought up the feet thing with Ryan, his uh, obsession yeah. with feet. Oh, he, he did. He, he, this no. is supposed to be a clean, a clean rated <laughs> episode, Mister Hallandale. We're not trying to get explicit on the listeners here now. Get away but, from but, me, but, but why is he, he doesn't seem like he's concentrating? I don't know if that's a, a product of a Twitter millennial type person. I, I, okay, let, let, let me put it this way: he's, Look, he's not concentrating on his job, which per, is to win football. Okay, game. well, public perception here is that the Browns came into the season before any games were played in the regular season with all this hype. And they got blown out in week one. Lost by 30 points at home to the Titans. Okay. But the next week, okay, they played a Sam Darnoldless Jets team. They won by 20. One and one. This past week, primetime game at home. They lose by a touchdown to the Rams. Yeah, their offense has really been struggling. But one win here 
and the the Browns and the Ravens are both two and two, tied for first place in the division. So yeah. let's not let's not to pretend no. like the Ravens are worlds ahead of the Browns right now either. Yeah, when you look at the the the, the lineup for the Browns, I mean, they often all Dale Beckham, one of the best receivers. Some people say the best receiver in the league. It's the offensive line with the Browns. And, and, Their and offensive then, line was terrible last year. It's terrible this year. Add that to the play calling, which has been a little subpar. And if you actually looked at the film, I don't know if you saw this, but I did see this on Twitter earlier today. I can't remember who exactly put it up, but a few people have retweeted it in the fantasy NFL analyst communities here. But that fourth and nine play Sunday night against the Rams that Freddie Kitchen took the blame for, yeah. that he ran the draw play on the fourth yeah. and nine. If you watch the replay, it was actually Baker Mayfield that audibled into that play, and Freddie Kitchens took a, took the blame for it. So that's just another thing to add on top of the drama and yeah. subpar performance that Baker Mayfield has put up through this yeah. uh, through well, these through these three he, weeks. He's the main reason I think he needs to get his head screwed on right. He's he seems to be so obsessed with well, I'm not going to let anybody criticize me. And he's got my, and he had that that feud with Colin Coward. That went that went on for what two three weeks. I mean, it's going back and forth. I stay out. I stay out of Colin well, Coward's was, feuds, but but that that was great for Colin Coward. Yeah. Well, let, let, let let's di- let's digress and let's move on to the next game. You got Baltimore's one of your picks. I'm staying away. Like I said, I, I've been a, a Cincinnati Bengals fan my whole life, and a lot of these AFC North battles can be very very close, even if one. Per- one team is perceived to be one of the best in the league versus one of the perceived worst in the league. So I'm staying away from this game. Next game, we, we talked talked about the Rams beating the Browns on Sunday night this past week. We've got the Rams at home this week against your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not Mr. Allen. Uh, you, you covered them long enough. They, they're your Bucks. They're not my Bucks. So, so who, who you got in this game in terms of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Los Angeles Rams? The line opened at nine points. That's a big spread. It's now sitting at nine and a half. I, I like the Rams. I, I like just, the Rams minus nine, huh? Yeah, yes, I do. I just too many problems with the Bucks. Uh, people aren't saying they're giving up 25.7 points a game. Uh, they're middle of the road, you could say, on their defense. But the way the defense collapsed last week against the Giants, I mean, look, look what happened to the Bucks last week. I mean, they scored 28 points in the first half and three in the second half. And then defensively, they gave up 10 points in the first half and, and, and 21 in the second half. It was a typical – you can blame it on the kicker. Okay, they, everybody wants to do that. But that kicker never should have been put in that situation because the game never never should have been close. And, and yet they, they, they created a, an icon. Danny Dimes, as they're calling him these days. Okay. So I, I don't think – instead, going back to what we talk about perception when we're making these bets, and, and Vegas uses public perception to shape these lines. So if you're telling me that you think the Rams are a full six points better Absolutely. on a neutral field than the Bucks, I, I, I would buy that. But the Rams, to me, I don't know if they have a three-point home field advantage being in L.A., but we know – we both know that the Rams and the Chargers don't have the same NFL home advantage that these other teams have. They're not filling up the seats because they, because most of their fans are still in St. Louis. Well, also the Bucks have to go three thousand miles across the country. Their record going off, going on those West Coast games is not very good. Yeah, I mean that's that's, that's for most of the league. I'll, I'll give you that one for sure. I think the the Rams have a lot more problems than people are thinking than people are realizing right now. Yeah, they're two and one on the season, but if you go if you go back to late in the regular season last year. This Rams vaunted offense has not been a vaunted offense in, in almost three months of football or more, including the playoffs, including the Super Bowl, obviously, where they only scored three points. And even through the first three weeks of the season, Todd Gurley, even though McVay is saying he wants to give Gurley not 25 carries a game, even though they said he had knee arthritis and he's not even doing anything with the carries he's getting now, 
I'm glad I stayed away from him in fantasy, but he just does not look like the same player that he did yeah, earlier yeah, last season. I, and and, and if, if they if they can't establish the run like they did last year with Gurley giving him 20, 25, 30 carries a game, then the play-action passing that, that Jared Goff relied on early last year in middle of last season, it's not going to be there. So you're going to see problems all across the offense for the Rams. Way too many points for me to lay. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing that I did, though, is I included the Rams – in a couple of my teaser bets with the Colts, and a teaser bet, obviously, you can get the spread adjusted six or seven points if you're picking multiple games. So what I did is I took the Colts minus six and the Rams minus seven and I t- and, or minus eight, and I teased them down to where basically I have a two-team parlay, Colts winning and Rams winning together. I'll take the Rams winning straight up all day. I just don't know if they're going to win by ten or more points. I'm afraid to bet that full spread how right there. How do you there. feel about Jameis Winston, how he's going to do against the Rams? I, I, he could be in for a rough day. I, I don't know if the, the Rams defense is, is that great to where I'm going to be scared of it, but I think that the more weeks that go by with Bruce Arians running that offense, it makes me a little more confident to, in terms of what Winston can do, at least be somewhat capable because he has a big arm to throw it downfield. The accuracy, we'll see if it's there. Obviously, it was there against the Giants. He had a couple really deep, nice completions to Mike Evans. And they got Chris Godwin there. To me, Chris Godwin's one of the best up-and-coming young receivers in the league. So, Ronald Jones, if he keeps getting burned and he, and he gets hot out of the backfield, that's just going to open up more passing windows for Jameis Winston. So, I'm a little more optimistic on the Bucks than I think maybe most people are right now. Well, let, let, let me ask you this. If Janoris Jenkins wasn't playing DB, for the Giants, what 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 would Mike Evans have done? I mean, he, uh, he, he uh, well, Jenkins lost again, almost lost again. Yeah, well, Je- or did pe- lose. People are burning Janoris Jenkins left yeah. and right. If you play fantasy football, you know that if your team is playing the the New York Giants, whatever receivers lining up against Janoris Jenkins, you sure as hell start them. So, all right, let's let's move on to our next game so we can get through these picks. Fumble quickly here okay. is we got your your other pick here, which you talked about Danny Dimes and and, and the Buccaneers last week. We got the Washington Redskins at the New York Giants this week. Another division game starting to get in some of these rivalry games here. And let's see here. The line opened up minus two and a half. Moved slightly, so we got Giants by a field goal. You're, you're taking the Giants in this one, I assume, yeah, huh? Yeah, I, 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 like uh, people have said, it's on American right now to bet against Danny Jones. Or Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes, baby. It's going to be really tough without Barkley. The defense is not very good. But I'm going to ride this hysteria right now that's going on with Danny Dimes, uh, AS, also known as Danny Jones, Daniel Jones. I like his demeanor. I like his poise. Is he going to be able to play every week like he did against the Bucks? No, and maybe he won't. But I just, I'm just going to ride him. I think he's hot now. He's the talk of the league. I just got to I got to ride the Giants on this one. I think it's a new day, at least for another Sunday anyway. It's amazing the difference of some people saying that Dwayne Haskins should have been drafted over Daniel Jones. And yeah. now that, that you're hearing reports that even if K- Case Keenum gets benched, it could be Colt McCoy that winds up playing yeah. for the Redskins I, and not I, even Dwayne Haskins. Haskins has only played one year of college football. Terry McLaurin, probably the best rookie receiver right, right now. Very impressive out of Ohio State. Going on the road, look, the, Red, the Reds, Redskins were blown out in the first half, and they wound up losing by 16 points Monday night against the Bears. So they're, they're on a short week going to play the Giants right now. So we'll see what happens with that game. So you got the Giants minus three. So. Yeah, but I'll say this one thing. That if I'm the Redskins, you know what I'm doing? I'm going after Janoris Jenkins. Absolutely. Oh, you, you have to. You have to go after Janoris Jenkins. That's why Terry McLaurin, the rookie out of Ohio State, he's been limited by a hamstring injury in practice. But as long as he's good to go, I'm going to be putting all my DFS chips into Terry McLaurin's basket for sure and start him in at least one of my season-long fantasy leagues. So just to review your picks, you got Baltimore minus seven at home against the Browns. 
You got the Rams minus nine at home against the Bucks. You've got the Giants minus three at home against the Redskins. And we will save your best bet for just a few minutes from now here. As we wrap up, we're going to go through my picks here. And I talked about it before, putting the Los Angeles Rams and the Colts together in a parlay and a teaser. Actually, I got a parlay and a teaser Colts and Rams. I got them both winning straight up Colts at home minus six against the against the Oakland Raiders almost calling the Las Vegas Raiders there for a second. I'm jumping the gun there. I think it's pretty simple here. The Raiders are just one of the one of the worst teams in the NFL right now. I think the Colts are a very competent football team. I don't know if they're going to win 10 games and make the playoffs. I still got the the season win total over under bet under nine and a half. So other than that, I think they're definitely at, at in a good spot at home, whether or not T.Y. Hilton plays or not, to beat the Raiders by six points or more. My other bet here is the Jaguars at the Broncos. The Jaguars, I got them plus four at, at Denver right now. And I think that this Jaguars team is still being perceived as they were last year when they had Blake Bortles under center. This line opened up at three and a half, and the money's actually coming in on Jacksonville because it's moved to minus three. I got Jacksonville plus four, which means all they have to do is lose by a field goal. And I still win that. Yeah. I, I no, still win got, that. You bet. got Joe Flacco going for Denver. And, that, uh, and that, that, that makes me more confident about the yeah, bet. You know, it's so. funny. I heard uh, John Elway uh, make a few comments today on Clay Travers' show about about Joe Flacco. And he, he tried to be diplomatic, but he didn't have much good to say about Joe Flacco. My other bet here, bringing up Monday Night Football, my beloved Cincinnati Bungles at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look, I'm not going to get into the line in this game. I just know the money line is profitable enough to where I'm taking the Steelers just to win this game straight up here. You're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals going to Pittsburgh in this Monday night contest. Yeah, I know Mason Rudolph's under center. Pittsburgh's currently favored by four points in this game. Whether or not Pittsburgh wins by a field goal, whether they win by 13 points or 30 points, I do not see the Bengals winning this game on the road the way Andy Dalton throughout his career has played in prime time. I'm taking the Steelers money line. That's no. one of my bets this week. Steelers money line, man. I just hope nobody we knows Andy Dalton better than you do, yeah, except I, for Marvin Lewis. I know him way too got, damn well. It's we got we got he's got blinders on. We got we got the the three cancers in the Bengals franchise. It, it starts at the top with Mike Brown, and unfortunately, I don't think he's leaving anytime soon. We got rid of Marvin Lewis. We need to get rid of Andy Dalton next. That's just a fact, right there. I wish we'd be tanking for Tua like the Dolphins are. To be honest here, but be careful what you wish for. Uh, we, well, I, I wish for anything except for Andy Dalton. That, that's that's all I care about as a Bengals fan. So I can actually feel good about rooting for them to win games these days. But I digress. Getting way too far down the rabbit hole on that one. We're going to talk about our best bets here, and just to, before we get into our individual best bets, I talked about how I have a Colts Rams money line parlay. I have a Colts Rams teaser bet. I also have one parlay just for fun here. I got a four-team money line parlay, which means just these four teams need to win. I got the Chiefs outright, the Steelers outright, the Cowboys outright, and the Colts outright. I got those four teams together in a money line parlay to win here. We're going to jump into our best bets here for NFL Week 4. Mr. Allendale, I got the Los Angeles Chargers on the road. The Chargers, when they go on the road, they're pretty much a home team because they don't have a home field advantage in L.A. right now. All their fans are still stuck in San Diego. I got the Chargers minus 15 at the Miami Dolphins. Minus 15 is pretty good because the other, the last two spreads the Dolphins were got, the Dolphins got were like minus 22 and minus 21. Yeah, give me the Chargers one and two in almost a must win. The Chargers are a team with Super Bowl aspirations. They cannot lose to the Dolphins on the road and fall to one and three. They're going to come out motivated. They got Melvin Gordon back in the fold now. Whether he plays or not, I think is irrelevant because Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson, they they know that their time is short. They're going to try to ball out in this game too. 
I think the Chargers easily win this game by multiple touchdowns. Give me 15 points. You know, g- give me more than that. I- I'd bet this up to 17 points at the Dolphins. Your boy Josh Rosen, I'm sorry, man. I, I just got no faith right now. Yeah. Actually, they played pretty well for a half last week. For a half. And, the, and yeah. uh, just fell apart. And then he had that touchdown pass that was taken away where the ref said he, the receiver dropped the ball in the end zone. I, I question that call. But anyway, it's going to be a tough one. I, I don't want to go on a poor me thing about Josh Rosen. I just feel like he's the unluckiest quarterback in the NFL. And th- there was a, there was a very uh, interesting uh, highlight reel of all the drops that his receivers have had in the preseason and the first couple games of the regular season. Oh, there Josh was? Rosen. How, yeah. how bad was it? it? It looks like he's the the unluckiest quarterback in the NFL. Let's just put it that way. And I, I've heard, I've heard you yelling at the TV quite a few times since, since the preseason started to now about receivers dropping touchdowns that Josh Rosen would have had. And he's got none of them now because of those yeah. drops, at least four or five like blatant drops so I, I feel your pain on that one but let's yeah, not take look I, I would take the Chargers minus 17 it actually opened up minus 16 it's all the way down to minus 15 some places if you see Chargers minus 14 I'm telling you man five star bet all the way five unit bet right there I'm putting three units on it myself okay Mr. Allendale what's your best bet here well my best bet as I said is New England against the Bills I mean I could just go on and on. First of all, Tom Brady, he doesn't lose at Buffalo. He's 28-3 all-time against them. 14, excuse me, all-time, 14-3 in Buffalo. Uh, And and how about the defense? Their defense is absolutely incredible this year. Uh, Again, the defense has scored more points, 12, than it has given up over the last four games, including the Super Bowl. So, uh, and some people have said, oh, Josh Allen has improved. He's, he's, he's a new man. I don't think so. I'm not convinced. I, you know, I saw part of that game. He still has trouble throwing. Uh, he's thrown three interceptions. He's, he's had fumbles. He's going to be in for a rough day. Uh, Turnover prone and Yeah, yeah, five, and- five, five total. Okay, right. seven combined, uh, combination of seven interceptions. Not all interceptions, three interceptions, and fumbles, two loss. I, I, I like Josh Rose. Not Josh Rose. I like Josh Allen, but I like Josh Allen against any other team except for the Patriots because Bill Belichick's not going to let him scramble and run, and that's what he does best, and those are the things that open up the passing lanes and those deep throws and, and those broken play throws that Josh Allen can make on the run, and I don't think Bill Belichick's going to let him do that. And I saw the, the graphic. I, thought, I saw a graphic on Twitter earlier today. It made me laugh, but it's so true is that they compared Tom Brady to longtime Bills quarterback Drew Bledsoe to Tyrod Taylor to J.P. Lossman. Those are the three most winningest quarterbacks in Bills history since 2001. Yeah. Bledsoe, Tyrod Taylor, and J.P. Lossman. Tom Brady has more wins in Buffalo than all those three starters. And he doesn't play for the Bills. <laughs> he has more wins in Buffalo than they do. So I think that says it all right there. And look, I, I, I think that maybe this might change as the season goes on, but especially this early in the year, when two teams are playing well, they're both 3-0. The, the Bills are going to be so jacked up. The crowd's going to be into this game. The Bills have a very good defense. The cool. defense is what – I don't know if the – Tredavious White, to me, is the best cover corner in the NFL, hands down. So, I mean, I know I know that they got – the Patriots have more than just one receiver to shut down. I think Tredavious White will be on Josh Gordon for most of that game. The Patriots on the road in a division game where the Bills are going to be a little more motivated, I think, to win this game. I'm just, I'm not going to touch this game. Well, motivation can take game. you only so far. Pro Football Focus, which does a great job of grading quarterbacks, they had him outside the top 30 quarterbacks against their top. <laughs> 
against a, a really soft schedule. It I makes mean, sense. Let, let, let's, let's He's not your traditional quarterback, you know? you know. It's like a Tebow type of hey, thing. If a close game comes down to Josh Allen and Tom Brady, who are you going to pick? So. Well, I did think that goes without saying. I, I think the Bills defense does enough, and I wouldn't be surprised that the I, I think the Patriots will win. If I if you had a gun to my head, Patriots win this game. Uh, yeah, I say yeah. Patriots win by at least ten. Could be yeah. 16, 18. I think it'll be maybe it'll be a low scoring game. Huh? Yeah. So that's, I mean, look at their defense. Uh, you know, they're not going to score. Buffalo's not going to score a lot. Yeah, and then that goes to, to an interesting thing is that we didn't get into any uh, over-under total bets on this podcast, but the over-under opened at 44 points. If you think this is going to be a 20-10 to 10 game, the under seems take like a pretty the, good bet yeah, right take now. Take the under. It's an excellent bet. Even at 42.5 right now, I think the under could be a good bet. I might, I might have to look at that one. I might have to look at that one there. All right, so Mr. Allendale, the godfather, best bet, New England minus seven at Buffalo. My Bring best it. bet. Chargers minus 15 at the Josh Rosen led, led, led Miami Dolphins. Uh, bring your money bags to Buffalo, all you New England fans, so you can uh, put them in your truck and your pickup and drive back to New England with a bag full of money. You heard it here first. This is the Family Feud football podcast, our quick picks and best bets episode. We appreciate you tuning in. Have a great week of watching football. Good luck in your fantasy. Good luck in your bets. Peace out. Yeah. Steve Harvey, this is the Family Feud. Baby mama drama, got the family losing, smoking, back, out the front door fuming, I was just a student, now you look like food, hunger got me moving, starving artists too, I'm just being human, I'm a human being, I might start a movement, like the Carter too. when my bitch catch me cheating, we go shop for shoes, I'm getting even, I'm getting even more than that, more than that, yeah. Switch pie, I want more than half. Yeah. Two say I want more than that. More than that. Hot and ready like you ordered that. By the time you try to leave the nigga, I was already done being with you. Me and me, gotta fight a nigga, pay me that door, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Pack up and take your demons with you. Make sure. Make sure I'm done dealing with yeah. you. Whoa. Steve Harvey, bitch the family feuding. Baby mama drama. Got the family losing, smoking backwards, out the front door.